Imagine being woken from a deep sleep pre-dawn by wailing emergency sirens. Disoriented, you break the darkness by turning on the television, and a meteorologist warns that your street is in the direct path of a tornado. In an instant, you realize that you and your family have only a few adrenaline-fueled moments before the storm reaches your home. For residents of Montgomery, Ohio, a suburb of Cincinnati, that early morning nightmare became a devastating reality. 20 years ago, on April 9th, 1999, homes and lives were lost in the greatest tragedy to ever strike the city. What is it like to experience the disorienting panic of a violent tornado arriving in the early morning darkness? How does it feel to realize that in an instant, all of your possessions, including your home, are gone? What was it like to be a first responder at that scene, knowing you are in the midst of the most harrowing event in a community's history, and one that no drill or training could ever truly prepare you for? And finally, how does a community attempt to rebuild and heal after being struck by such a horrific tragedy? In this episode, and the few that will follow, we're going to share stories from that tragic day and what happened next in Montgomery. I'm Greg Leader, and this is Weathering the Storm. The tornado caught everyone by surprise. Well, almost everyone. I don't remember if during the, the late news at 11 o'clock, if there was a tornado watch specifically for the area, but I just remember that the conditions were just ripe for thunderstorms to develop and some of those were going to turn severe. And some of those thunderstorms, given the, the atmospheric conditions, they, some of those thunderstorms could rotate. So tornadoes were, were definitely on my mind. That's Pete Delkus. From 1996 to 2005, Pete was the chief meteorologist at WCPO in Cincinnati. Since 2005, he's been the chief meteorologist at WFAA in Dallas. And if I remember correctly, a short time after the news ended, they issued, they issued a tornado watch for the area. And, and not that I was going home anyway, because I, you know, I, I mean, hey, that's your job, you know, you stay there and, and you do this because you want to help people. But I, I remember when that tornado watch was issued early on, you know, I don't know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, I, I remember thinking, you know, okay, well, the conditions looked right, the tornado watch is issued, so really none of that was a surprise. You know, but back in 1999, you know, we didn't have Twitter and Facebook and all the different outlets that people rely on today to, to, to warn people or for people just to stay up to date. It was just literally, you turn on the TV and if the weather guy's on, the weather guy's on. If he's not, then everything must be okay. 
but I, I remember the conditions setting up and being conducive for severe weather that night, and that's why I stayed all night. You know, it gets to around 3 o'clock in the morning, you're watching storms develop in southeastern Indiana, and when the first tornado warning was issued around 4 o'clock, gosh, it was Ripley County. When that first tornado warning's issued, you know, tornadoes generally travel from southwest to northeast. Well, Ripley County, you look, you know, northeast of Ripley County, it's Cincinnati. I mean, it's Hamilton County. And so, boy, you know, you really got to make sure you're at the top of your game at that point. So Ripley County's issued about 4 o'clock in the morning. About 30 minutes later, it's Dearborn County. And then, you know, about 30 minutes later, you know, it's Hamilton County. And, uh, and it, I probably wasn't even 30 minutes later. I remember that tornado warning for Hamilton County was issued before 5 in the morning. I'm thinking, these people are in bed. The warnings here, there's plenty of lead time for people to go to their safe room, go to the basement. But is anyone going to know that the warning has been issued? From 9 News, this is a weather special report. We now have a tornado warning for Hamilton County. Let me, t until 5.55, let me take this off the wire. We ex the tornado warning is in effect for Hamilton County now until 5.55. At 4.50, weather spotters indicated a tornado 17 miles west of Cincinnati or about six miles southeast of Hooven, moving to the east at 35 miles an hour. Again, a tornado is on the ground. Go to the basement. You know, it was a really strange morning. You know, you're, you're in the TV studio, and, and you can see what all the other stations have on their air. And, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning, and, and I'm starting to do stuff, and I look up, and none of the other stations, uh, they're still in their regular programming. And I'm like, man, I'm looking. I know there's a tornado over there in Ripley. I know there's one in Dearborn. You know, and I'm telling people about what's happening over there. And then all of a sudden when it, you know, it crosses into Ohio, at that point then I, I don't know what other stations are doing or not doing because I'm so focused on what's going on, you know, in Hamilton County. But at that point then you're just like, man, I've got a responsibility here to help these people. These people are my neighbors. These people are my friends. I, I have a responsibility to... I mean, it could be my family. You know what I mean? I mean, they could have been my mom. It could have been my grandparents or something like that. So you want to help them. But I just know, okay, I got to let them know what street this could be on. I'm looking at this hook echo. What street? How long? When's it going to go from point A to point B? Now I'm, I'm trying to storm track and just let people know, please get to the basement as quickly as possible. And so it's like, man, I've got to tell them as much as possible. And they need to know not just Hamilton County, but what are the towns, and more importantly, what are the streets where this could have an impact on? And so that was my focus. I have to be there and let these people know, not only in the town, but what part of town, what neighborhood. And since I had lived in Montgomery uh, when I first moved to Cincinnati, I was real familiar with the area. So I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I was in probably middle school age. And so that would have been maybe in 74 or somewhere in the mid 70s. I don't remember the year now where a tornado came through and it was a big Xenia tornado. I lived in Montgomery at the time in the winds. And 
My family, this was in the middle of the afternoon, my family was aware of the tornado sirens going off and we went outside in the yard and we literally saw a tornado going over the Storybrooke neighborhood. So from that point forward, growing up all through my life, I was always very aware of weather related to tornadoes and I was just very, not hyper vigilant, but I was very aware of it and even had tornado dreams that really just bothered me because it was a very impactful thing to witness and the next day at school, you know, you'd hear about all the damage and things and, and so forth that had happened. So that stayed with me really through my whole life and I was always very aware when I would hear a siren or a weather warning, I paid attention to it. So my name uh, is Ellen Mavriplis, and I uh, live in the Shadow Hill area of Montgomery. And I lived there, lived before, and live there, continue to live there now um, with my husband. And um, but we had three young boys at the time of the tornado. There was weather happening that night, but I wasn't aware of anything significant that was forecasted. I would have been aware <laughs> if, if they would have been out there. I would have known it. I don't recall hearing any forecast prior to it, but sometime in the middle of the night, um, one of my sons came into our room and he was upset because there was, I think the storm had woken him up, there was thunder or something, I, and believe it or not, I'm starting to get a little fuzzy on, on the details that I you'd think you'd never forget, but it was my son Ryan who came in and woke us up and there was thunder and at some point we went downstairs to turn on the TV just to see was there anything more significant happening. Um, Actually, I think it was we heard the siren first. Now I recall we heard the siren first and then went down to turn the TV on and uh, turned it to Channel 9, which was actually following the street-by-street -street, um, forecast of where a tornado was actually, I guess, on the ground at that point. 20 years ago, people didn't really track street-by-street. Um, and, and the, the reason that they didn't was, you know, a lot of folks were old school, but a lot of people said, you know, listen, you can't, it's just not that accurate. And my, my thinking, well, I've always been a guy that loves technology. I'm like, well, why not? I mean, if I can see the hook on the radar and I, have, and I know where the tornado is going to be in relation to the hook, I can zoom down to a street. And if I know that the storm is moving to the northeast at 30 miles an hour, it's just a pretty simple mathematical equation. I can tell you when it's going to arrive, go from point A to point B, and I'm thinking all this through in my head, and I'm like, well, why would I not do that? But a lot of folks back then didn't. But it was, it was just something like, why would I not do it? It's more information. And you know, from a person who, let's say you're not a meteorologist. I mean, listen, honestly, you just want to know you know, how cold is it going to be today? You know, what time is the rain going to start and how long is it going to last, right? And this is a valuable tool to give people those basic answers. Where's the tornado right now? When's it going to arrive at my house? That's all you really want to know if you're in the path. And I thought, I have this technology. Why not use it? And thank goodness that morning we had it. And thank goodness that we were able to use it. We did, my husband and I decided to go get our other children and head to the basement and we did hear the siren. We saw the, the tornado coming our way. We got everyone down in the basement, um, including we had dogs and cats. We were missing one cat at the time that didn't make it to the basement with us. But um, we were all down in the basement and had just barely gotten the door shut before we started actually feeling 
the tornado and hearing it. You often hear people say that it sounds like a freight train coming, but we didn't hear the train coming. It was as if all of a sudden we were under the train. It, it was just like very sudden. Here it is very loud. So it wasn't, and maybe it would be different if you're standing outside hearing it approaching or seeing it coming, but we're, this was like maybe five in the morning, right? somewhere around there. So it's dark and everybody's just woken up from their sleep and we didn't, we're in the basement, we didn't hear anything coming, but all of a sudden we heard it very loudly, like right over us, I guess, or very close to right over us. So it was very loud and we felt, this will sound very odd, but you know how when you have like a blood pressure cuff on your arm and you kind of, you feel it kind of like suctioning up and getting tighter. It felt like we were being like vacuum sucks. It was like this pressure that was building up. And, and then we felt water coming down on us from the ceiling of our basement, which, and this was, you know, two stories above us. Little did we know at the time that our, our roof was gone and the top floor was gone, but we felt water coming down through the basement ceiling at the time we were hearing this loud noise and feeling like we were just being vacuum sucked. I couldn't tell you the passage of time because you kind of lose track of that, and my concern was my children. I remember going upstairs. We told the kids to stay downstairs at first so we could go up and check it out. We were going to go get shoes and whatnot, and which that was even challenging because it's, even though it was a short distance from the stairs to where we leave our shoes in the laundry room, everything was covered with glass, broken glass, and, and so forth. So eventually, I believe Dimitri got us shoes, and he and I went to kind of check it out a little bit and then immediately thought we need to get out of here because we didn't know if the rest of it was going to collapse on us because... Um, there were, to go to the upstairs, the, the second level where I would have gone to get clothing for us, you know, to put some more clothes on because we were, went to bed in, you know, pajamas and so forth. The stairway seemed like it was crooked. The walls were crooked. I mean, the st- it just wasn't right. And it, it's hard to process at the time, like, because it didn't make sense. But, and then we look up and see literally like stars and clouds flying overhead. So the the tornado had taken the weather with it wherever it went. It wasn't like we were still being rained on or anything. It was, we saw stars and clouds um, where there should have been a ceiling and, and bedrooms and so forth. So we didn't go the, up there at the time. We decided to just take our shoes and get the kids out of the building. Um, at that point, I took the kids and there was one of the houses across the street from us looked like it was not very badly impacted. Many of the houses, most of the houses around us were totaled, but one across the street from us looked like it was only missing maybe a corner of the roof. So we went there and the neighbors asked us to come in. So we went in their basement and um, from there kind of made some phone calls to family and we're trying to figure out a way for some family members to come and get us. Meanwhile, Dimitri was trying to help some other neighbors. I know that we'd heard people screaming next door and, and it was just kind of chaotic. And, but my concern was to get, I had three very young children to get them kind of out of the way and safe. My name's Jill Cole. I lived at 7583 Lakewater Drive at the time of the tornado. It was a very mild night the night that night. So we had our windows open and we had gone to bed and then sometime in the early morning hours, we heard the sirens go off. In my family, I grew up in California, and I think if the sirens go off, you pay attention. My husband grew up in Ohio, and he, if the sirens go off, you just roll over and go back to sleep. So fortunately, I um, prevailed that morning, so we got up, and at the time, we our three youngest children were home. They were in preschool and elementary school, and our two oldest sons were away at college. 
So we got the kids, we went upstairs to get the kids and the middle one, um, middle of the youngest, his name was Trevor. He was already awake because he had been studying weather. Took our dog and went down to the lower level. And you know, at that time you think, this is a silly thing to do probably. So as we're sitting down in the basement, and the basement was pretty much unfinished. There was a, like an area of carpet and an old couch and so forth. We were just sitting there and we turned on our little teeny tiny black and white TV to see what was going on and not really thinking anything of it. And the phone rang and my husband walked up the steps to answer the phone. So the dog followed him up. And as soon as he got upstairs, I started hearing this sound. It was loud getting louder and louder. And as he turned around, the time it took him to walk up the stairs, the phone had quit ringing. I guess the power was out and he started walking down. By the time he was halfway down, we knew that the tornado was coming and it was coming right at us. So we grabbed the kids and we had blankets and pillows and we he had a big metal um, weighted workbench there. And so I had two of the children in my lap with blankets hanging onto the table. My husband had the other child, and then it hit us. And it's just hard to describe how loud it was. It's like um, if you saw the movie Twister when they filmed that, it, that's really what it was like. It was just a, the loudest noise that I've ever heard in my life. And the only thing else I could hear was my kids crying. I love you, Mom. I love you. I'm going, we're going to be fine. Don't worry. We're going to be just fine. And it seemed like it lasted for a very long time, but I'm sure the statistics will tell you it was a minute. And then all of a sudden, it was dead quiet, except for water dripping through the ceiling. And I, I thought, you know, it's probably not a good thing. So we sat there for a minute and regrouped because we really had no idea, you know, is there one tornado? Is something else going to happen? Is it safe? Even though it was quiet, is it safe for us to go out and see what happened? So we, you know, just kind of collected ourselves for a little bit. And then um, my husband, Steve, went upstairs to kind of check the damage. He opened up the basement door. We did have a basement door. And it was open to the sky above that. And it smelled like pine trees. So um, he went up, and we kept all of our shoes in the garage at the time, just like we kept our keys in the in the cars in the garage. Well, the garage had collapsed onto the cars and the shoes, so we had to kind of, you know, go around trying to find clothes for people to put on because we were in our pajamas. And I think Steve had work shorts and his work boots, and I, I was the only one in my pajamas. I happened to have a load of laundry dry in the dryer at that time. What are the odds that that could happen? And had something for everybody but me. He stood there for a moment, and the dog, unfortunately, I may have mentioned, he followed him up when the phone rang, and the dog didn't make it um, back down And you know, by the time he came in. So as soon as he opened the door, the dog comes running down. <laughs> He's in my lap, you know, this big golden retriever with uh, my three young kids. And my husband stood there for a moment, and... He just slowly walked down the steps and he came in and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, it's gone. Coming up in episode two of Weathering the Storm, the response. 
After the tornado hits, area heroes arrive to answer a shocked community's call. I'm at uh, Cornell, Valley Stream area. Uh, I have a doctor with me. He advises there are several people trapped in the condos. Uh, one of them's a baby. I'm, I'm a kitchen hazard beyond the condos. Uh, I'm walking down with him. I've driven down as far as I can. We're on foot. A pair of siblings copes with their family's loss. And I almost took it like, you know, almost like a last wish. You know what I mean? And so I feel like, I feel like she would, and is surely smiling down. Because if that was what she hoped for, I feel like she's getting what she wished for. And what, I mean, what mom doesn't at least want to know that her kids are out there? And the city's manager is stunned to learn what's happened while on a cruise ship thousands of miles away from Montgomery. And then eventually um, when I saw a a, a Montgomery police car sitting in a a neighborhood where there were no houses left, it, it, it suddenly became a pretty sick feeling. That's all in the next episode of Weathering the Storm.